Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Friday, September 22nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians come through uh, with a 5-2 win. They staved off elimination for at least one more day on Thursday uh, when they took on the Baltimore Orioles in the opener of a four-game series at Progressive Field. Uh, the Twins were idle. The elimination number remains at one. And the Guardians, you know, finally uh, spread things out after taking a lead late and and sort of took the pressure off, I guess, in a little bit, uh, a little bit of a ways. Uh, for Emmanuel Classe, who came through with his uh, 42nd save. Uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit about uh, Classe and, and his performances this year uh, later on in, in this podcast. But, uh, you know, just for the, for the offense to come through in a game when they, uh, they didn't necessarily hit the ball very hard, but they hit it just enough uh, to, to get the win on Thursday night. Yeah, Joe, uh, just, uh, you know, kind of a grinded out win against, you know, a team with, all, you know, with everything on the line. Yes, the Orioles have, uh, you know, you know, clinched a playoff spot, but they're still trying to win the AL East. They're tr- still trying to uh, get home field advantage. And, uh, you know, their their bullpen looked toasted uh, tonight and it caught up to them. And Cleveland just kept coming after them and, and finally caught them in the late innings. Yeah, to be fair, their their bullpen, you know, doesn't have Felix Bautista, who we saw the first time the Guardians uh, played Baltimore. Uh, he's on the injured list. Uh, we didn't see uh, Yanier Cano, uh, who's who's now their closer, uh, who had been equally dominant uh, throughout the season uh, in, in complement to uh, to Bautista. Uh, so some of the guys that uh, fell victim to uh, the Guardians' death by a thousand, uh, you know, needle punctures uh, at the end of the uh, the game there. Um, they, they aren't necessarily the, you know, the big arms that, that get you there, but, uh, you know, it was, it was good to see the, the guardians having good at bats, uh, laying off and taking some pitches, you know, Grayson Rodriguez came out with his, uh, his split change and, you know, they made him work. They made him throw a lot of pitches I look up in the fifth inning and he's at 95, uh, pitches. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a good approach, a good game plan. And they finally got through, and and scored a couple of runs and of course it was Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor uh in the middle of all that. Yeah, you know, uh Ramirez had to, you know, a, a big hit to uh, get the, get them on the board uh 
and uh, you know, just uh, is, is put. I think it, well, that was a 79th RBI. Uh, you know, Naylor follows. Uh, you know, that's uh, kind of the one-two punch. That's the best thing they've got going for them, Joe, as the season winds down, and and they're still swinging the bats well. Yeah, since September 7th, Jose is hitting 370 with three home runs, seven RBIs. He's hit safely in 12 of 14 games uh, over that stretch. Uh, he also threw in a, a, a stolen base. He's at 27 now uh, for the year. So, yeah, it was his 42nd multi-hit game of the season and the 357th multi-hit game uh, of his career. So, you know, when he, you know, when he hits his next home run, when we don't know when that's going to be, but uh, he, he's going to become the the only Cleveland hitter in franchise history with three seasons of at least 25 home runs and at least 25 steals. So, uh, you know, that's significant. Uh, he's He's been doing it uh, consistently for a long time. Yeah, uh, Joey is a model of consistency. You know, he's been doing it, you know, since, uh, you know, he, he worked his way into the, the everyday lineup about eight years ago. And uh, he's just fun to watch. He's, you know, he it's been it's kind of a weird year for him. You can see how much he missed having uh, Naylor hit behind him. Josh Naylor, we're talking about in in August. And I think when Naylor came back, he kind of took off as well. Yeah, it's it's no coincidence that uh, since returning from the injured list, uh, Naylor's driven in a run in nine of the 17 games he's played, a uh, total of 15 RBIs since he came back uh, from the injured list. He's one of two American League batters and one of six in the major leagues uh, with a 310 or better batting average and 90 RBIs. Uh, and, and some of the names that are up there are MVP, you know, conversation guys like Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger uh, and Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna. Uh, that's the the company that Naylor's uh, pr- productivity this year has kept him in. Uh, you, you're not hearing about him in any MVP conversations because of the uh, the the long stretch on the the injured list. But you know, if 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 everything were you know healthy, if he had he'd, you know stayed in the lineup, you know, you've, you've got to be at least considering him. Uh, and and hey, the the MVP ballot is a it's a 10 person ballot, right? You get to put, you get to check 10 names. Um, it would be a, a crime if Josh Naylor didn't get at least some down ballot votes uh, in the MVP chase in, in the American league this year. Yeah, for sure. Joe, he's hitting 310, 17 home runs, 94 RBIs, uh, you know, 422 at bats. You got to figure, you know, he missed a whole month of the season. He's putting up those numbers, eight, eight, you know, OPS of eight, five, two, you know, just, uh, on base three fifty two. I mean, he is, uh, he's just, he's, it's a career year, maybe not, you know, home run wise, but it sure would have been if, if he, uh, you know, had played, you know, even half of August. So he's, he's having a great year. He's kind of established himself as a middle of the order bat and uh, he's the guy they've been looking for. Now they've got to find a, a right-handed version of Josh <laughs> Naylor to hit behind him. That's that's exactly it. They, they've got to complement the lineup and balance the lineup and fill things out uh, around uh, your cornerstone in Jose Ramirez. And, and now with, with Josh Naylor backing him up in that way. Uh, I want to remind our listeners, uh, subtext is the best way to get updates throughout the uh, the season as we wind down the stretch. Uh, all of the latest uh, updates and news out of Terry Francona's press conferences. And uh, eventually, and when we're wrapping up things in the postseason, 
what the search for a new manager is, is going to look like uh, as, as we head down the stretch here. Uh, 216-208-4346 is the number to call or is, is the number to text uh, in order to, to sign up. It's $3.99 a month or go to cleveland.com slash subtext to, to sign up that way. Quincy, the uh, the Guardians bullpen, uh, you know, up until Trevor Steffen sort of laid an egg again in the eighth inning, uh, had looked pretty good. Uh, you had uh, Eli Morgan come in for two scoreless uh, with three strikeouts. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez uh, came in through a, a scoreless inning, and Sam Hentges came in and threw a scoreless inning. Uh, it's funny, after the, the game, uh, Tito was asked, you know, what they've thought about Ronaldo Lopez um, in uh, the short time that they've had him since, uh, you know, acquiring him right before the beginning of September. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tito said, well, Carl Willis wants to adopt him. So <laughs> I, I guess that's the, uh, the, the first, uh, the first indicator that the, there's a, a lot to like about him. Uh, he said he throws hard. He looks you in the eye and, and you know, he's a good guy to have around. Uh, you, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to wonder, uh, with Trevor Steffen's performance over the last couple of games, and I know you don't take a small sample size like that, you've got to look at the whole the whole body of his work, uh, which has been pretty good over the last two seasons. But just lately, this uneasy feeling every time he enters the game, like uh, you know he's he's pretty much had it at the end of the season. Um, uh, Lopez looks like an infinitely better option to be your setup man in the eighth inning, uh, just the way he's come about and, and conducted himself. But this is a guy who's going to command you know, big money as a setup man uh, on the open market as a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, do you think maybe he cuts the Guardians a break and, and comes back and signs here maybe for a year or two? Or uh, is it uh, is it just going to be a case of he's pretty much just outpriced himself for the Guardians? Boy, Joe, you know, you hit the nail on the head. This is the guy I'd be going after if I was in the Cleveland front office. You know, in this bullpen, he's a perfect fit. You know, you wouldn't have to, you could take some heat off of, uh, you know, Trevor Steffen. You could even take some heat off of uh, Class A. You know, this guy could, he could pitch in the ninth inning as well, too. I, You know, his stuff, I think we would, we've talked about this before, Joe, as a starter. You know, we saw him a lot as a starter with the White Sox, and I never knew he threw this hard. You know, yeah. but as as a one-inning guy. You know, he's throwing 98, 99, 100 miles an hour, you know, and, he, and you're getting that in the seventh and eighth inning. You know, in the seventh inning now with Stefan uh, pitching in the in the eighth, I mean, this guy, this has been the find of that waiver claim, I think. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see just over these last, uh, you know, five, six games, uh, how he gets used and how he gets – uh, you know, what inning he gets put out there, uh, just if there's an opportunity to win a game uh, in this in the remainder of this homestand and, you know, the, the final three games in, in Detroit. Uh, you know, like we were talking before we started recording here, you know, Trevor Steffen looks like he's he's at the end of his uh, his his fuse there. I think he's, uh, you know, got that sort of glazed over look in his eyes. Um, maybe you, you, you run Lopez out there. If, uh, somebody, if, if a, a starter is able to go a little deeper and you don't have to use him in the sixth or seventh inning, but you know, that's another problem that we're going to run into, uh, in these last few starts is, uh, a lot of guys are going to be going shorter, uh, and that's by design for a few of them. So, uh, you, you might see Ronaldo Lopez in the uh, sixth and seventh innings, uh, getting used again. And uh, you might have to go with Trevor Steffen in, in a situation where you might not necessarily want to. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's a chance that they could, you know, what, what they could shut down Logan Allen and, and uh, Gavin Williams, uh, you know, for the, for the, for the time being as uh, I mean, for the rest of the season as, you know, McKenzie and Bieber come back. But like you were saying, McKenzie and Bieber, what their, their pitch limit's going to be probably 80 pitches mm-hmm. each. So, uh, you know, you're going to need you're going to need some bullpen help. And, uh, you know, and we might, you know, see a Lopez earlier than expected. And but, you know, I, Joe, I would love to see them kind of flip flop a little bit and, and, and use Lopez in, in the in the eighth inning, because, you know, you got three more games left against uh, Baltimore. You've got to, you know. Put your best lineup out there against a team that, you know, that's going for everything, that's trying to win the division. Then you got Cincinnati coming in, and you know they're clinging to, to a wild card spot. You know you can't, uh, you know, just w- raise a white flag in those games. Right, and you know we we talked about the the elimination number is still at one. I mean something catastrophic could happen to the Twins and they lose <laughs> the, all the uh, remaining games, uh, their own games, and you know if the Guardians win out at this point, that's uh, it's still a, a, a mathematical possibility that they could uh, could make it to the playoffs. But at this point, they make it to the playoffs, man. Who are they going to put out there? That's the, <laughs> that's the problem. And that might yeah. be the, the worst thing. The worst possible uh, situation would be to make the playoffs and then have to run out, uh, you know, uh, a rotation that, that is just completely gassed at this point of the season. Yeah, it's not the last time, not the first time they've won their last 10 games in a row. I mean, I, well, I think, what, have they got nine left? Mm-hmm. Or, eight so, games left. Yeah. Eight games left. So, uh, you know, they've done this before. You know, we saw this in, in Tito's first year. Maybe they'll, they'll bookend it and do it in his uh, last year as well. All right. Uh, you know, speaking of closing things out and, uh, you know, th- just that situation there, uh, Emmanuel Classe comes through with save number 42. He matched his output, his performance of, of last season, uh, when in, uh, I believe 72 appearances, 70, how many, how many appearances? 77. So he led the, he led the league in 70 with 77 appearances last season, saved 42 games. Uh, this year he's at 72 appearances and he has saved 42 games with uh, eight to play. So, uh, you know, just looking looking ahead, he's probably going to pitch in maybe two, three, you know, maybe two, three, four more uh, of these games, depending on, you know, what position the, the offense puts him in. Um, it, I, I made the comment to you before uh, we started recording just that this just seems like abuse. It seems like. He signed this contract uh, before the start of last season, and now, uh, you know, either Tito or the organization or somebody believes that they can just run this guy out there uh, as as many times as possible. And you know, maybe it's him telling uh, telling the coaches, telling Tito that you know he's good, he can go. Uh, you know, hey, put me in, uh, coach, give me the ball. Uh, he never. Tito said the other night he never doesn't take the ball. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a kind of a, maybe a bad thing if you're, uh, if you're playing for Terry Francona, because he's got this reputation for, you know, lately running these, these pitchers into the ground. And, you know, you, you got to wonder uh, if, if class A's performance and numbers might've been different this year, had he been used maybe even just 10 fewer times uh, over the course of the season and, and spread things out a little bit more, uh, to give him a little bit more of a chance to to recover. 
Well, he's pitched in 72 games, Joe. They played 154 games. He has appeared in 50% of their games. Uh, last year, 77 games out of 162. My math isn't, but that it's not, it's my math isn't great, but I, I don't know what percentage that is. But this guy, he, he pitches almost every other day, Joe. And, you know, the, some of those are in non safe situations or, you know, just to get some work. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, to me, you know, this season, he has not been at his best. Obviously, you know, 42 saves, it's a great accomplishment. But, you know, he's also blowing 11 saves. You know, the most, the, he's got the most saves in the big leagues, the most blown saves in the big leagues. And they just keep running him out there. And you just wonder, you know, I, I, you know, when does his arm, how long does his arm stay attached? And uh, just when do they get someone who can who can close a game and give him a day off or a night off or you know two days off yeah you're not looking for somebody who will you know compete with him for the starting job or for the for the closer's job or uh you know try to wrestle that closer's role away from him but you're looking for somebody to compliment him somebody who doesn't have uh you know the kind of ego that would say uh you're looking for an Andrew Miller basically you're looking for a guy who's got dominant closer stuff and who could be a closer at any time, but has the the perspective, I guess, and the, you know, the presence to, uh, to say, Hey, Cody Allen's the closer, uh, you know, we're going to let him, uh, you know, be in that role, but Andrew Miller might pitch the most important innings of a, of a game uh, in the, the sixth, seventh or eighth inning. So, uh, you know, that's happened in the past before there, there's a, a precedent for it. You've got to go out and find, uh, a guy who can sort of do both and, and close and set up and, you know, pitch beginnings. But, uh, and I, I go back to Lopez, I say, you know, maybe the way to save class a is to put Lopez in that position and, you know, keep him here, sign him, ex- extend him, uh, you know, is, is Ronaldo Lopez the answer to getting the best of Emmanuel class a. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I think, you know, you, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 they need, they need somebody, you know, I think, uh, you know, well, Stefan, uh, you know, Trevor Stefan, we've seen, he had the, you know, a good year last year, he signed the extension, you know, he just, he's, he's, I think like we were talking, Joe, he, he looks tired to me. He looks maybe a little shell shocked, you know, because he has, he has had, he has struggled going down the stretch here. Uh, so, you know, maybe he needs just a, a step back to take a break, a deep breath. You've got the guy maybe in uh, Lopez that could go in and into that eighth inning, at least for the last, you know, handful of games here. Yeah, now, well, yeah, but I'm I'm also thinking about the future and I'm thinking about Emmanuel Classe's future. 70, 70 plus appearances is not tenable. It's not something that you're going to want. Eventually, Emmanuel Classe is going to break down. You're going to run him into the ground. If you use him 70 more times next season, uh, I think that that's it's inevitable. Uh, he's not Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw was the guy who would come back and, and get angry if he didn't pitch three days in a row. Uh, and and it, early on when in his tenure in Cleveland, you know, he was very effective in doing that. Uh, I, I just I just think uh, you, you can't you've got to treat these guys as, as individuals. And, uh, you know, you might think that you can sort of extend uh class a this way but i i eventually you're throwing 100 miles an hour 
something's going to bust, something's going to break, and then you're going to be without a closer. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you, you, I know you drafted a couple of uh, um, college guys who were back-end guys, so eventually maybe uh, you're thinking uh, one of those guys will be up here in, in, in a season or two. But, um, you know, hopefully Emmanuel Classe's arm holds up and, and can sustain itself that way uh, um, before them. Uh, speaking Joe, of, go ahead. you were talking about 70 appearances. He made 71 appearances in 2021, 77 last year, and 73, 72 this year. I mean, this guy, this guy. If there's a record out there, he's going for it. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not the, uh, uh, the the kind of records that Brian Shaw has uh, got in his sights, but uh, certainly, you know, the record that uh, Emmanuel Classe could definitely have. Uh, in his sights and in his range over the next year or so uh, could be Cody Allen's franchise record for saves. Uh, he's up over what he's around, what, 107, 108 saves in his career now. So, um, or I'm sorry, in his guardians career now. So um, yeah, he's at 107 uh, saves for Cleveland. He's got 108 total for his career. So I don't know. Uh, he, he's only like, you know, another one really good season away from uh, uh, eclipsing uh, uh, Allen, right? Yeah, and he's only 25, you know. <laughs> uh, what? So, I mean, you know, I don't know if that's dog years. If it's a 25 in dog years for a closer, I'm not sure. But but this guy, uh, you know, he's certainly, he's got a great arm. He's he's shown he can take the ball. Uh, and I think sometimes you got to protect these guys from themselves. Yeah, it's and, you know, you never know what the what the next manager is going to do or how his approach is going to change uh, in in regards to class A as well. Cody Allen, 149 saves uh, is the the all time franchise lead. So uh, right now, if he just repeats another 42 save season, uh, he he will be at that uh, by the end of next year, uh, tied with Cody Allen atop the all time list uh, for Cleveland. We can see. Uh, Emmanuel Classe, uh, he's what 108 uh, total now. He's uh, the next on the list is number four, Chris Perez with 124, uh, and and Jones he's at 129. So, you know he won't get there this year, but early next season, uh, if things go the right way, then then he he probably will. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, uh the Guardians will continue the series Friday night uh, against the Orioles with Shane Bieber making his return to the mound. Uh, this has the potential to be uh, uh, a, a you know a feel good story for for Bieber to get him back out there if he's able to be effective, uh, and even if he's not able to be effective, uh, it's it's all right just to just to be able to see him touch the mound and and you know walk away from the the game healthy tomorrow night would would be a, a positive step for the Guardians. Yeah, for sure, Joan. It could be his last start in uh in as a as a Guardian and 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 uh, as a Guardian at Progressive Field if. You know, if he, you know, shows people he's healthy and uh, Cleveland makes the decision to uh, to deal him this winter and, and, and depending on what kind of market there is for him. Yeah, I, I think that will be it's funny. Any other year that would be like the number one uh, biggest offseason storyline heading into the offseason would be what's the fate of Shane Bieber going to be uh, after regardless of how this uh, this next start goes. Uh, you know, Bieber, Bieber's future with this club would be the 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 top overall storyline. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, you, you've got the uh, the Tito 
situation uh, brewing and it's going to to happen there. And, uh, you know, who knows that uh, Shane Bieber might might get bumped down to like the number three storyline in the offseason. <laughs> who, who, who knows? But uh, we'll have plenty to talk about and plenty to follow uh, in the months to come. Hoinsey, uh, that, that'll do it for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will check in with you on uh, Monday, uh, the off day before the final series at home uh, of the 2023 season against Cincinnati. Uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you then. Good deal, Joe.